<laughs> the Wolverines taking on Illinois on the road. We talked about this, covered it a little bit, and the spread, believe it or not, is even. I've seen plus one for Michigan, plus one for Illinois, but we'll, we'll call it straight up here. I'm going with the Wolverines. I don't know about you guys. Illinois. Illinois. Michigan. Denard Robinson steps up this week. Come on. Yeah. Michigan. Let's yeah. go. I can't believe you guys. <laughs> Illinois. Prove me wrong. Please. All right. All right. <laughs> Fair. And that will do it for our Thursday edition of Daily Sports Report. Thank you for tuning in. For the rest of the guys here on the other side of the glass, I'm Cootie saying good night and go blue this weekend. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. And Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and did you know that there are more kinds of apples than you can imagine? I suppose maybe not, because then you would be able to imagine that you knew there were more kinds of apples that you could imagine, and then you'd be imagining that there were something. Anyway, uh, heirloom apples today. Heirloom apples that have been around for a long time. We're going to find out a bit about them and how you can get dozens, several dozen kinds of heirloom apples in the comfort of your own Ann Arbor. Uh, but first of all, Autumn Almond Yak by the Kinks. Why was this song a big hit in England? I was just thinking about that and realizing that's probably because there are a couple of points where if you're sitting in a pub in England or wherever you are, and at some point the song exhorts you to go, Whoa! that's what you do and you lift your brew. And that's why it's a hit. It was a hit in England and well, you see what I mean. Uh, get get ready with the uh, steins and the brews and stuff. Go for it.
That was a little dusty. It still is. See? It's pretty dusty. Kind of crackly. We're going to have to clean that gutter out. But in the meantime, what I tell you? See? I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. Whoa! I mean, you don't have to speak British to understand what he's saying with that. It's multilingual. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Those were the kinks and still are. That was Autumn Almanac, or as he said at one point, Autumn Almanac. Now, heirloom apples are a certain variety of apple. You know, you know. it seemed like there was a long time ago when your choices were Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, and maybe Granny Smith in exotic locales. But now you can get maybe five or six kind of apples. You can see the Fuji apples and a couple other kinds. But there's a place in Ann Arbor, even here in mid-November, in fact, where you can get more than two dozen kinds of heirloom apples right this moment. It's at the produce station. It's on State Street. And it's an interesting concept, these heirloom apples. And I got all interestified, and I talked to him about it. Hi, I'm Andrew Gorsis. I'm the general manager of the produce station. And you've got heirloom apples. You've got almost 25 different varieties. Can you tell me uh, what heirloom apples are about? Yeah, that's a cool deal that we have going this year. Uh, from Eastman's Antique Apples up near Bay City, Michigan, uh, actually in Wheeler, Michigan. Basically, they're apple varieties that have aren't around too much anymore. Uh, the trend in fruit has been to kind of change and, and gear towards varieties that are beautiful looking and that are nearly bulletproof for shipping. So these are apples from the past uh, that you know, are not around too much. Uh, The apple orchard that we buy these from has about 1,200 different varieties of apples. 1,200? Yeah, hard to believe. Uh, And a lot of them they only have one tree of, so we've we've probably gotten in 100 varieties or more throughout the season this year, and the season's winding down. Uh, So it's been an interesting uh, run to get to try a lot of different things. So how do you choose... uh several hundred maybe a hundred out of 1200 <laughs> basically whatever the farmer has that week and he says is good and then we uh go ahead and, and buy those we go up and taste and then bring them down here to the store okay and uh there are it looks like your smallest variety is called the lady api yeah that's correct and then we have larger apples like the appropriately named ox apple yeah the uh, lady api is from france from the 1600s looks like and then the ox apple is from new york possibly from 1804 in red hook new york it says the ox apple have you had that one yeah actually uh it's a, it's a little tart it's pretty nice uh for cooking okay do you have a favorite of these i see we have one actually called the holstein it's not a cow it's an apple Just... that's correct uh so the holstein has origins in germany in 1918 and that's one of our favorite varieties tim who's the farmer at eastman's antique apples uh, he says that's his favorite, and I would tend to agree with him, so I think that's probably our favorite. And then uh, some lovely names like Red Butterscotch right there. Or American Beauty is another one with origins in Massachusetts. And uh, looks like these stump, I'm stumped about the stump because the stump apple looks like it's popular enough that it's uh, it's gone maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's sold out. We need to change the display for today. Uh, You know, we have a whole variety from 20 ounce, uh, which is a variety for cooking uh, from New York in the 1840s to the Lord Hindlip from the United Kingdom. There's just lots of different shapes and sizes. If you come in, uh, you can see they're all different colors as well. And great names like I see the Mammoth Black Twig and the, the the Brown of a Wren is another name, which is rather intriguing. Or the Huntsman, or 
the stamen wine sap. We've, we've got a lot of different variety here, so. Seekonk Sweeting is another one. That says origin Connecticut or Massachusetts. It sounds kind of like Seekonk Sweeting. Sounds like something from up there. Definitely. Uh, it's it's kind of neat. If you come in, uh, we have we have signs that kind of talk about the origin of all the apples, uh, and we're always willing to taste with people. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I think that's about it. You know, it's a fun, special deal that we intend to keep doing for, uh, for years to come. Uh, and the feedback from the public has been great this year. So okay. that's about it. Well, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, yeah no problem. Excellent. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, so talk to the good fellow there from the Produce Station, which is at 1629 South State Street, right by the giant bunker of a Salvation Army over there. And that's right across from the giant bunker of a golf course. No, they aren't really bunkers. No. Anyway, it's by the golf course. And it's on State Street, not far from downtown, about a mile... What direction is that? South. So they've got about 25 kinds of heirloom apples there. The little French one called the French Api, that's that's about the size of a giant cherry, but actually of the color of a golden delicious. It's mostly decorative, I guess, and uh, it's really tiny and it's an apple. Uh, Arwolf. Yeah, I, I just had a question. He said something at the end there about a feed bag from the public. What was that a reference to? Uh, he said we're getting plenty of, of feed bags from the public. Are the public bringing in feed bags from the stable and filling them with apples? Is this it, what's? Did you see that occurring when you were there? I'm not sure. You know, I saw a lot of, pe- saw a lot of people coming up on their horses and buggies uh, uh, with their feed bags. Horses and, like uh, apples, I know. I've, I've seen... Uh, Cheap oil paintings to that effect. Anyway, please go on. Yes, I know a lot of people who give good feedback. Oh, Hooray. anyway, this is uh, <clears throat> Pandora's lunchbox, and uh, yes, it's twenty minutes to seven actually. Now on the interwebs here, which was the interwebs were created in eighteen seventy four. Um, I, I think it was January, but it's a woman by the name of Mary with an E at the end, Mary Audette from Lancaster, Texas, has. Something on something called hub pages, which if you know what those are, then you know exactly what what it is that they are. She makes an interesting point on the interwebs about something that Thoreau said. Thoreau seemed to predict the disappearance of real apples. He said this, he said, The era of the wild apple will soon be past. It is a fruit which will probably become extinct in New England. You will, you may still wander through old orchards of native fruit of great extent, which for the most part went to the cider mill, now all gone to decay. I have heard of an orchard in a distant town on the side of a hill where the apples rolled down and lay four feet deep against a wall on the lower side, and this the owner cut down for fear that they should be made into cider. Since the temperance reform and the general introduction of grafted fruit— No native apple trees, such as I see everywhere in deserted pastures and where the woods have grown up around them, are set out. I fear that he who walks over these fields a century hence will not know the pleasure of knocking off wild apples. Ah, poor man, there are many pleasures which he will not know. Fortunately, though, people actually held on to these heirloom apple varieties. You know, you didn't necessarily see them in in the K-Co, Cost, K-Mart Co store, whatever they call it. Um, But... Heirloom apples have been held on to around the country, and they're making more and more of them, and you can find them if you just, you know, put on your heirloom apple glasses and uh, take a look. In fact, it gives me uh, a lot of comfort. Comfort me, baby. Comfort me, baby. 
comfort me with apples, 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 baby, comfort me with apples, I'm so tired of love, speak to me of chapels, when I've had my apples, baby, comfort me with apples, then we'll talk of love, Tempt fruit that attracts me don't be too cute it distracts me give me that fruit to relax me make me cool down cool down cool down that's good that's good come comfort me with apples 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 baby comfort me with apples and then We can love That attracts me It distracts me Please relax me, make me cool down Cool down, cool down That's good, that's good Come comfort me with apples Apples, 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 baby Comfort me with apples Then we can Ouch. That end there was kind of alarming. Oh, nothing like a good vintage heirloom cheese. And boy, there was a lot of cheese there. That was India Adams. India Adams. And comfort me with apples. And because she's sick of love. Yeah. <clears throat> so on the cover here, she in fact um, seems to be wearing nothing but a pile of apples. And she's sitting in what appears to be a cereal bowl. Only she must be, it must be either a really large cereal bowl or she's really short. But this is India Adams and Comfort Me with Apples, and I feel much better now. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. At 7 o'clock, Arbolf will help us to face the music. He'll give us feed bags full of music. In the meantime, though, this is something I just found out. Mark's Carts will be closing for the season this coming Saturday. It was a concept for Mark Hodesh at Downtown Home and Garden. Happened earlier this year, right around May, I believe it was. He decided to build a little courtyard in the back parking lot of Downtown Home and Garden. And he wanted to get a bunch of people to have their own carts full of their own food, serve it up there. And, well, we've had the People's Pierogi Collective, which was a wonderful name, although they turned out not to stay. I believe the People's Pierogi Collective went on to Eastern Market, where I think they're staying. But uh, Debajo del Sol, selling Spanish paella and tapas. Darcy's Cart, Humble Hogs, selling the uh, the head cheese hoagie, which I still haven't tried and I don't know why. The Lunchroom, Sand Street, selling Asian street food, all at Mark's Carts. But they're going to close for the winter uh, this Saturday, November 12th, just so as you know. Uh, a lot of the people, says Mark, are going to be... Um, 
moving to other places. They're going to be doing some catering. In fact, I saw one of the carts, the lunchroom, around the corner, kind of moonlighting, as a matter of fact, on 4th Street, where there was, at the Project Gallery on 4th Street, an art show based on food. Food for Thought, I believe, is the name. I'm going to have to do my research more better than this, but they were there, and I actually bought I actually charged a cookie for the first time in my life. I used a credit card to pay for a cookie, and this is important that I share with you. It it helps with the therapy and all, and I appreciate that. Other Ann Arbor restaurant news. The Flim Flam Family Restaurant, which is a lot of fun to say, nonetheless is closed after almost 30 years on Plymouth. And this is an article from Paula Gardner of AnnArbor.com. She says that... Uh, the owner started the store, the restaurant, as normal on last Sunday, preparing for the crowds. But by closing time, he had locked the door for the final time after posting a notice saying that after almost 30 years, the restaurant was closing for good. One of the blows with the business tapering off was when Pfizer came up, got left, <laughs> done, got left out of Ann Arbor. When Pfizer left Ann Arbor, that was a two million square foot facility across Plymouth Road with lots of people in it. There were 2,000 employees at Pfizer, and uh, some of them, quite a few of them, ate at Flim Flam, but no more. The economy's not doing as well, and so the place has closed. I heard a rumor that when Bill Gates was looking around, possibly considering the former Pfizer campus, that he ate at the Flim Flam restaurant. Whether he left a $37,000 tip, I don't know, but nonetheless, the Flim Flam family restaurant is no longer. That thought you might want to know that. Now, something that's coming up, however, in about a week, is a festival of one-act plays. Why are we talking about this? Because it's called Five Bowls of Oatmeal, and it's put on by 826 Michigan, which sneakily has that robot store on Liberty Street, which is, in fact, a front for teaching kids the dangerous art of wonderful creative writing. Very sneaky. You can find out about this Five Bowls of Oatmeal, a festival of one-act plays, at 826michigan.org. In the meantime, I hope a thimble full of oats will be enough for you for now. not sure what's happening here. I'm not sure what's happening here. That was Brian Lilly and some other folks who hijacked the record. That was Thimble Full of Oats from the album Rowboats, which rhymes with oats and groats and coats and goats. 
And this is Pandora's Lunch Boat. My name is Mike. And some other Michigan news now. Governor Snyder has done something. I know. But Governor Snyder has done something. Here, here's the thing. He signed a law. This is actually about microbrews. So it was called House Bill 4061. And it's been signed. Now, this allows the sampling of homebrewed beer, wine, or cider at a microbrewer, brew pub, or on-premises licensee under certain circumstances. Says here, according to the governor's office, the bill provides an opportunity for homebrewers to meet at licensed establishments and learn more about beer, wine, brewing, and winemaking to help improve their skills and provide an atmosphere that will allow small businesses to grow. So that has just been signed today. And looking for a little perspective on that, I found a blog called Pint of Law, not Thimbleful of Oats, but in fact an entire pint of law, calling themselves a legal blog for the brewing community. They said back in July, so it's always possible that between July and now there might have been tweaks to the bill, but here's what they said in July. It significantly relaxes use or removal restrictions on home-brewed beer, but there are caveats. Tasting samples for beer cannot exceed three ounces, For wine and mead, samples cannot exceed two ounces. In addition, samples can only be consumed by the home brewer, the home brewer's family, a club member, a judge, or a guest speaker. Are you talking about a judge of law? This is called pint of law, so you can only slip homebrew to a judge if you're in court. I don't know. Finally, samples cannot be sold under any circumstances. Don't sell a sample. Otherwise, it's not a sample. says here, one interesting feature is that it actually defines homebrewer an individual who manufactures beer, wine, mead, honey-based beer, or cider at his or her dwelling. says here on the Pint of Law blog, being defined by statute must mean homebrewers in Michigan are moving up in the world, or something. That or something was, in fact, their addition to that. So, new laws on homebrewing and sampling and things like that in Michigan. Now... We're coming up on the end of Pandora's Lunchbox, and that's that's a very sad thing, isn't it? Oh, it's terribly sad, but I have some, some more comfort food news for you. Uh, roast beef on Sunday, as we heard earlier on, on Kinks, on the Kinks song, Autumn Almanac. I will always pronounce it that way. But it's going to cost you, says here, says the Associated Press, it's going to cost a bit more to put a traditional Thanksgiving dinner on the table this year. The American Farm Bureau Federation reports that a meal with turkey and all the trimmings will cost about 13% more this holiday. It estimates that the average cost to make a meal for 10 people is $49.20. That's $5.73 more than last year's average. It's a result of soaring costs for commodities that are raising prices for food makers, grocers, and consumers. The costs for nearly everything from cranberries to pumpkin pie are up, but the biggest price hike is for the main course. A 16-pound turkey costs 4% more this year at $21.57. The classic Thanksgiving meal comes in at about $5 per person. $5 per person doesn't sound that bad, really. Other news here, the government has slightly reduced its estimate for next year's corn supply. This could keep food prices high for most consumers. Tight supplies next year will likely increase corn prices, which hit record levels in June on fears of a shortage. Corn prices affect broader food inflation because it's used in everything from animal feed to cereal to soft drinks. And in fact, I've seen cups and bags made of corn, so there you go. It takes about six months for corn prices to trickle down to products at the grocery store. The moral of the story is eat everything now while you still can. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. And just a few little wrap-ups here. Mark's Carts is going to close for the season this coming Saturday. The Flim Flam Family Festival rest... The Flim Fam Family... 
The restaurant is closed after 30 years, and there's going to be a series of one-act plays called Five Bowls of Oatmeal, November 17th at 7 p.m. at Rackham Auditorium. That'll be put on by 826-Michigan. You can find out more about that at 826-Michigan.org. Just a little bit more information here, though, before we go and before we play you a song about applesauce. Uh, Officials at the Grand Canyon, it says here, have abruptly abandoned plans to ban the sale of plastic water bottles at the Arizona National Park after conversations with Coca-Cola officials. That's according to the New York Times. Says Susan Stribling, a spokeswoman for Coca-Cola Refreshments USA, banning anything is never the right answer. If you do that, you don't necessarily address the problem. She also characterized the bottle ban as limiting personal choice. You're not allowing people to decide what they want to eat and drink and consume, she said. So that's the news. The Grand Canyon is not going to be banning the sale of plastic water bottle products right away because of Coca-Cola talking to Coca-Cola officials, says the New York Times. There you go. Take that as you may. Stick that on your plate and slice it, I think. I've been Mike. Thank you for letting me do that. Arwolf's going to help you to face the music in just a moment here. Then at 8 o'clock, I believe it's party o'clock, o'clock at 8 o'clock. And we're going to go out now with a Hanukkah song because, well, it's not we're not quite there yet, but I found a CD called Hanukkah Rocks by the Levies, L-E-E-V-E-E-S. There are several songs about food, including this one, Applesauce versus Sour Queens. <laughs> Applesauce versus Sour Cream. Listen and discuss. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening.
It's about 7 o'clock. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, and welcome to Face the Music.